Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. You don't have the power individually to comprehend the love of God. You can only see one aspect of it. You can only experience one aspect of it. But when you put all the saints together, and I'm talking about the saints from Adam to the last saint when the rapture takes place, then when all we get together, we can all together comprehend the love of Christ. Because see, my life and your life is so minuscule and minute, I may see the love of God in me and through you and think that's the sum total of it all. When all of a sudden, he saves somebody else uglier than you. <laughs> Metaphorically preach, uh, speaking, of course. Worse to you. And then you, you see another, uh, that oh my God, his love goes even further. And even when that undesirable that you struggle loving, you know, that perverted person that does the unthinkable. Are y'all following me? Amen. When you strain to love him, guess what? God's, God's love just reaches a little further. And it reaches a little further. So every one of you are a testimony of this love that has no end. So I can't comprehend the love of God just with this body. Amen. I got to reach all the way back to the Davids and the Sauls and the, are y'all following me? So in essence, he's saying, I'm praying that you may comprehend it, but it's going to take a joint effort of all of you together to be able to catch a glimpse of it. Amen. Because it is a love that your mind cannot wrap itself around. You can't receive or understand this love in the natural. All right, turn with me one more place. Because if you don't understand that, then this chapter, this, these scriptures I'm about to read to you make no sense at all. Luke, chapter number 6. Luke 6 and 27. Jesus, you got to understand, he's just come into... Uh, he, he's just come into his preaching ministry. I mean, he's the new kid. He's the new kid. They know the Isaiahs, Jeremiahs. They know the John the Baptist. They know all these people. They don't know this Jesus. So he's a brand new preacher. And he is preaching the most radical sermon ever preached. He's preaching the most radical message ever preached. I'm going to give you just a piece of it. Luke 6 and 27. says, but I say unto you which hear, love your enemies. Do good to them which hate you. They're sitting there saying, are you kidding me? Moses said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Moses said, you shed blood, I take blood. And I'm justified doing it. They stood there with a rock in their hand when the woman committed adultery and said, we got the law to back us up. She is guilty and deserves, somebody shout deserves. She deserves to die. And here Jesus is preaching this radical message. 
Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. And I want you to notice he's taking it to the next level. Amen. He didn't say you have permission to avoid those that hate you. Oh, this is radical. <laughs> Tammy's just sitting there shaking her head. This is going to be a long day. Are y'all following me? Are you understanding now why this is a love that goes beyond your comprehension? It don't make sense. It's not logical. It's one thing. If you treat me bad, that's fine. I'll slam the door behind you. Good riddance. And Jesus is saying, I want you to do good to those that hate you. Oh my God, it gets worse. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them which despitefully use you. And I don't know what we're going to do with 29. And unto him that slaps you on one cheek. Hey, this is too radical. This is too, isn't it amazing this is in our Bible and we still live like we live? Oh, somebody will say amen right there, old mayor. Isn't it amazing this is in our Bible and we call ourselves Christians? I feel you this morning. I feel it in this congregation. It's too much. You want to know why? Because we always need the right to retaliate. We're always justified by our response, by your actions. Amen? Now, I have heard people take these scriptures and wrap them plumb around the horn to mean something else. But can we just stay with the text? Because Jesus didn't give any commentary. He just said, if they slap you, turn the other cheek. And he that takes away your cloak, forbid him not to take your coat also. Give to people who deserve to be given to. Are y'all in your Bibles? Y'all ain't going to stop me there or y'all wanting some relief? <laughs> Give to every man that asks you and of him that takes it away from you, ask them not again. And, and as you would that men should do to you, do also to them likewise. Not do unto them as they do to you, do to them. Treat them like you want to be treated. For if you love them which love you, you ain't no different than a sinner. If you love them which love you, what thank have you for sinners also love those that love them? And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye for sinners do the same thing? And if you only lend to them of whom you hope to receive it, what thank have you for sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again? But I say unto you again, but love ye your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing back. <laughs> 
Oh, you got to underline this. It's the only retreat, uh, reprieve you're going to get. And you and your reward shall be great. He said, if you if you give, if you'll lend, and if you'll love on this level, your reward's going to come from me, and it'll be so much greater than what they could have given you back. And man, look at this. Shall be great. And, 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 y'all, you got to underline this. And you shall be the children of the highest. This is the mark of true Christianity. This is the marks of a true sonship. Ain't you glad when it comes time to save you, God didn't look at your resume? Because some of you have a longer criminal record than resume. Oh, somebody ought to say amen right there. Aren't you glad that before he sent his son, he didn't look down and analyze your life and say, well, let's, let me see if they deserve me to give my son. Let me see if they deserve mercy. Let me see if they've done anything to deserve grace. He said, when you're living and loving on this level, you are never no more like your father than when you're loving on this level. This is going to take some prayer, church. Can I get a witness? <laughs> he said, if you do this, you're, you're, you're going to be rewarded you're going to be called the children of the highest. And this is why. Because God is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful as your father also is merciful. We've been uh, dealing with a concept um, restoring the greatness of the church. And we've, we've preached it from every aspect. Different ministers have dealt with it from uh, different aspects. Amen. That... Uh, the importance of the church. And we've learned already uh, that the church is the only avenue of expression that God has on the earth. And when I say of church, of course, if you've been in these teachings, you understand I'm not talking about this building. I'm talking about you as individuals. We are the body of Christ. Amen. So the church is so important because if the church does not exist, God is homeless. He, like Jesus, would grow, uh, he, his statement would be, the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. So that's the reason the church is so important to God is because the way he designed it, it is the only avenue of expression he has to a lost and dying world. It's the only habitation that he has as God. It's through the church. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's why it's so important to him. And that's why, amen, that you are, uh, you are a target in the eyes of the enemy because God's got to stop, I mean, the enemy has to stop you before he can stop God. Or let me say it this way, the only way the enemy can stop God is to stop you. So, so we've been dealing with that and we've been dealing with the scriptures out of 1 Chronicles where God gave us a glimpse of what his church was going to be look, look like and he said, my house shall be a house of sacrifice. Amen. My house shall be a house of sacrifice. And what that means is, actually, my house shall be a house of love. Be a house of love. Why? Because love can only express itself through sacrifice. It's the only expression love has is through sacrifice. Amen? Just go with me this morning. We're going to try to 
transform your way of thinking. I love you, amen, has become so polluted and diluted that we don't understand what love really is. And as a result, the enemy uses it against us. We think love is a feeling. I can ask you a question right now. How do you know you love your husband? How do you know you love your wife? How do you know you love your mom? How do you know you love your dad? Here's the big question. How do you know you love God? I'm going to ask that question one more time and I want you to answer it. How do you know you love people? Everybody's scared to answer it. Just think about it. Just what runs through your mind? Have you ever even asked that? The strangest question the father ever asked me was, how do you know you love me? And I couldn't answer him. I couldn't answer God. How, how do I know I love you? You see, love is so polluted in, in the 21st century, especially in the Americanized culture, that we throw that word out about everything to everybody. I mean, I can say I love pizza and I love my wife in the same sentence, but somehow it don't seem the same. Are y'all with me? Amen. I've heard... I've heard and even made the statement, I love my car. Well, yeah. Does that mean if it explodes and blows up and burns down in the parking lot, we're going to have a wake? A memorial service? Are you following me? So, so that word is just on that, and we don't even know what it means anymore. And so that's why the Bible uh, uses love in several different forms. And if you don't understand that, you'll just put it all together. But back to what I was talking about, he said, my house is where I'm going to make myself famous. I'm going to hear the prayer that comes out of this house. Amen. My eyes are going to be there. I'm going to be watching over this house. It's called a house of love. And it's a house of sacrifice. It's a house of sacrifice. Amen. Because the only way you can measure your love. My next question, can love be measured? Can you measure love? Just, just questions we're going to deal with. Just write them down or think about them. Well, the only way love is truly expressed and the only avenue it has for expression is sacrifice, meaning what it's willing to give. Having said that, I want to say this. This love that I'm going to teach on today has nothing to do with feelings or emotions, but it has everything to do with options. Because sacrifice cannot be manifested until there's an option. That's why when God created the Garden of Eden, He put one tree in there that they could not touch so there would be options. Because if there, where there is no option, there is no love. Why? Because there's no room for sacrifice. And if you don't understand this, and if you think love is a feeling and emotion, and, and, and before long in your Christian walk, you're not going to feel like praying. You're not going to feel like being obedient. You're not going to feel like going to church. You're not going to feel like doing the right thing. 
So you're standing in a position where there is an option. And the option is not to do. The option is not to obey. The option is not to go to church. The option is, and, and just pick your poison, amen? Uh, but my sacrifice, when I sacrifice my will, is the only way God can start measuring my love. Christians, and, and see, we're... we're we're, we're living in a society that's driven by feelings and emotions. Can I get a witness? Everything is based on feelings and emotions. It's based on appearances. I heard a dynamic message the other day that we have moved into an era where we worship the image, our image, our persona. Women are literally having their toes operated on to make them shorter. There's hope for some of you long-toed women. Short people are actually having rods put in their legs that makes them taller. It's dangerous. Deformity happens a whole lot. Amen. But because we, we worship what we look like and we're so conscience of our persona, if you will, amen, that, and, and, and women, Asian women are having their eyes operated to take the slant out, to make them big and round, and it goes on and on and on, I mean, you know about the lips and the noses, oh, you can get them whipped up in a minute, not to mention a lot of other things, are y'all following me this morning? We're, we're, we're living in an era where, where physique is everything. And now it's left the women and come over to the men. Amen? We're, we're piercing as much as you are. We're changing our looks as much as you are. There's a, uh, there's a uh, craze for getting buff. Uh, anytime fitnesses are at their all-time highs. People may not go there, but they signed up. Makes us feel better about ourselves. Amen? If you got straight hair, you want curly hair. If you got curly hair, you want straight hair. If you got black hair, you want blonde hair. Thank you to that brother back there in the back because y'all ain't helping me. In other words, no one's happy with themselves. They always want to look like somebody else because the world that we live in has created a persona, amen, that that is the perfect look. And if I can get that, it'll help my feelings. And I'll feel better about myself and I'll have more confidence when really my confidence is in something I have created. Now, I'm not going to preach against makeup. I just love makeup. I mean, I don't wear it, but I love it. I mean, who? You don't need it, you don't need it. Amen. But, thank you back there, my brother. I'm glad you came today, Eli. Amen. Are y'all? I'm trying to go somewhere. If I don't dig this hole too deep, I'm going to climb out of it in a minute. Matter of fact, it's, it's uh, and we're always taking selfies. It's just all about image. It's all about image. And we're attracted to image. Amen. We're attracted to image. And we give some people more respect if they have a better image than other people. 
and we'll give more time to people who looks a little buff or built up because it draws something you really wished you looked like them. And so we think it demands respect and we'll give them more respect than that little worm. Oh God, I'm teaching better than you shout. And the world, the Bible says, be not conformed to this world and we'll preach a message that the world is conforming our image. Why? Because it's based on feelings and emotions and making me feel better about myself. If I could just get a longer nose or a shorter. <laughs> that works better, huh? If my lips could be a little fuller. God, this is just too real. It's so real, it's funny. That, that we would feel better about ourselves. And it's all based on feelings and emotions. Are y'all going with me this morning? Amen. When in reality, uh, Peter talks about uh, women adorning themselves with jewelry and the plaiting of the hair. Amen. And he's not teaching against looking good. Amen. But that word adorning there is, is the word, excuse me, is the word cosmetics. And it literally comes from the word cosmos, which means to bring into order. So we men and women whom God has created are actually rearranging and bringing the order we want. Some of you are saying, is he preaching against makeup? I'm not. I'm just telling you, amen, that we are so wrapped up in a culture that is by visuals. Amen. And we are attracted to things that are visual. And we are attracted to things by feelings and emotions that are provoked by visual. That needs to be dealt with. Are y'all with me? And that's why you have a hard time preaching on love from the Holy Scripture because love is always founded on what my eyes have seen, what my ears have heard, and more detrimentally than that is how you have treated me. And if I, the, 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 my feelings are right, if the feelings are right, then, then I can love. Amen. So as a result, the society we live in has got it to where you, you, we don't understand the love of God. And remember before I go any further that he just said, the house that I'm going to dwell in is a house of love. It's a house of sacrifice. It's a house that will yield its will because of its love for somebody else. It's a house that will express its love, amen, by good deeds and actions and sacrificial giving. And hear me, amen, I preached it before. Some of us men say, amen, when our wives are trying to get a little bit of love, amen, and we don't understand why they're in a deficit because, my Lord, I paid the light bill. I went to work this morning, didn't I? There's your clue. Oh my God, are y'all with me? Because that's the way we, we, we think that's love. That's love because I sacrifice. But most of you men who work now, you would be working if you didn't have a wife. Then what are you going to say? Pay my own light bill. The greatest love is only ex exemplified when you're willing to lay down your life for your brother. 
The greatest love, the love I'm going to talk about this morning, is a love I present, 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 give your bodies a living sacrifice. The husbands, can I help you a minute? We're going to be having a men's conference for in a few months. You're going to get some stuff then, but can I help you a minute? Amen. She needs you to go to work. She needs you to pay the light bill, but she needs you to give her your will. She needs you to surrender your will sometime for her will. She needs more than a 20. She needs compassion. It's easier to give the 20. Oh, God. Some, somebody say, reel it in, Pastor. So God said, this house I'm going to be, it's not going to be built on the superficial love of the 21st century. It's going to be built on the love, amen, for God so that he, that he gave what? Not a 20, not a hundred, not a thousand, not a million, not a billion, because he could have gave it all. But he gave something that was more valuable to him than any of the other. Amen. We are bad about giving people what they don't really need that has no value rather than giving them what is really valuable, and that is you. You can be a giver and not have a dollar in your pocket. You can be a giver. Oh, my God, I, I got to move on. Amen. I'm spilling water everywhere. Let me drink some of this. So then we got Jesus coming. God said, I want to give y'all a glimpse of the, the church that I'm going to live in. There's a lot of churches in this community, but God don't live in all of them. A lot of, a lot of people who say they're Christians live in this community, but God don't live in all of them. He said, let me show you a, a house. Let me show you the house that I'm going to make famous. Let me rephrase that. Let me show you a house where I'm going to make myself famous. It's a house built on love. Amen. It, it, it's built on love. And then Jesus came saying, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. You want to know why the gates of hell cannot prevail against this church that Jesus is building? It's because the foundation is love. Every stone is love. Every individual is love. And love is the only force that Satan can do nothing with. Can we go deeper? So, it's hard for us to understand this love and it's hard to receive it because society has taught us something else and it hadn't been caught in the pulpits. It had me called. I taught you here a while back that he said, you are the salt of the earth, right? Well, salt is a Jude Jewish idiom of wisdom. That's why he said, when you speak, let it be savored with salt. That's actually saying, let it be savored with wisdom. So when it talks of salt and wisdom, it's talking about the revelation of God. The revelation of God. You are the revelation of God. You are the only epistle this world can read. Amen? But because, because we have been infiltrated with a worldly love, we haven't caught this love from the pulpit to be able to turn us back again. Are y'all ready to be turned this morning? 
to turn us back again. And we've justified our church splits. We've justified unforgiveness. We've justified, and I'm going to use the word, you're going to kick it out, but we've justified hatred because, oh, I don't hate anybody. Anything less than the love of God is hatred wrapped in religiosity. I'm going to say that to this side. Anything less than the sacrificial, self-expressive love of God is just, just hatred wrapped in religiosity. Mm, Josh preached on conviction last week. I feel it coming home. It's coming on. Are you following me? So we're, we're living in a society that's dry, driven by our person, what we look like, feelings, emotions. Amen. And that's why it's, I hear people say, I feel led of the Lord. And what that has become so diluted and polluted, usually they're saying, I'm being led by my feelings and don't even know it. I'm being led by my emotions and don't even know it. Amen. So it's so hard to get a clear perspective of this. And I want to go all the way back and just throw this out here for you. Amen. God knew, amen, that, the, that this culture was so, and it hadn't really changed any. Uh, uh, cosmetics was a billion dollar industry in Rome. In the Bible days, wigs and makeups and changing colors. Oh, it's nothing new. Amen. But he said, my kingdom will not be built on what you can see. It will not be built on your feelings and emotions. Matter of fact, Isaiah prophesied it and said, uh, when Jesus comes, he will have no form or comeliness. And when you see him, he'll have no beauty that you would desire him. In other words, he'll even be a man. There ain't nothing, there's nothing, when you look at him, there's nothing about him that would attract you to him. There is no physical, he said, there's going to be no physical appearance about Christ that you would look at in the physical and say, hey, that guy's kind of good looking, I think I can follow him. That guy's kind of built, I think I can follow him. My God, I'm preaching right now. I'm preaching right now because we're inundated with this mindset. Amen. He said he'll have no form. That's what form means. There's nothing about his physique that would make you take a second look. There's no comeliness, meaning there's nothing majestic about him in his natural appearance. He's not of a, a, a great bloodline on this earth that you would say, hey, that guy demands respect. And then when it come to his facial features, they said there was even no beauty about him. And I thought this was an epitome of the gospel Jesus wanted us to preach. This is an epitome of the gospel that God came to establish because we are so carnal, we are so fleshly, and we're so driven by our emotions. That whoever receives this Christ will have to receive him by faith and faith alone. Wow. So the question is, what does love look like? What does it look like? Can it be measured? If it can, how do you measure it? Well, I used to uh, hear teachers teach on this, and I always got so bored when they started breaking down the words. And here I am this morning, I have to. <laughs> to take you deeper into this. 
In your Bible, there's, there's, there's three different kinds of love. Number one is eros. It's called eros. Eros love is a self-centered love. It's selfish by nature. It's, it's, the, it's the nasty word. Erotic. That's where we get the word erotic. This love, mind you, it's called a love. This love is selfish by nature. This love has one desire, and that's to fulfill its own desires. Amen? And man will call it love, but really the Bible identifies it as lust. And you can have an eros love for more than the opposite sex or the same. You can have an eros love for your vehicles, for your houses, for your food. Boy, y'all are quiet. You can have an eros love for materialist, for material stuff. And it's a love that I only want it to gratify me. I, that's, that's the only reason I want I just love it. I just love it. I got to have it. Amen. And I just kind of get off on, on getting that because it so fulfills my selfish desires. Eros love. Eros love. Some people ruin good relationships because of Eros love. Some people turn sin, things into sin that should not be a sin because of Eros love. Because I got to have it. I got to have it. I got to have it or I can't be happy. I got to have it or I can't have peace. Are y'all following me? Amen. And Eros love. The second kind of love, and I'm not teaching you nothing you don't know, is a filial love. Filial love is a brotherly love. Philadelphia. So I got its name, Philadelphia. Brotherly love, the city of brotherly love. Brotherly love, filial love is mutual friendship. It's reciprocal. It has to do with chemistry. That's why we got married. Our chemistry was right. We just hit it off. Y'all follow me? We just hit it off. This love, I believe, could be the highest level of love that 99% of the church knows. Because it'll disguise itself. It'll disguise itself in the true love that God commands us to have. Amen. Because it's filial love. It's brotherly love. And you'll find this word in your Bible. Amen. If you study the Greek. Amen. And the problem with this love is, I love you as long as you love me. Amen. And you're, you're attracted to certain people more than you are other people because you got the right chemistry. I don't know how else to put it. You know how it is. Just some you click with, some you don't. Some you just click with because you, you just got that chemistry going on. And boy, when y'all get together, you just talk and carry on. And, and you got, you got uh, the same likes and dislikes. And, and I'm just talking about in a church right now. Amen. And we don't have a problem loving. And we just call it, I love you, brother. I love you, sister. And we call it the love of God. And it just flourishes and it flourishes and it flourishes until the rains begin to come and the storm begins to come. 
and you come in in the wrong mood with the wrong attitude and the wrong disposition, amen, or somehow, some way, you say something that I found out you said. It's too much this morning, amen. Uh, amen. And my love is fueled by reciprocity. The filial love is fueled by reciprocity. Erotic love is fueled by uh, 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 the forbidden. Sometimes erotic love is just fueled by the forbidding. Amen. Uh, I just got to have it. And the reason I want it so bad is because I know I'm not supposed to want it. So both of them are fueled by a source. The greatest thing, uh, uh, detriment of Eros love is it's fueled by personal, selfish, temporary gratification. That's why some of you go on spontaneous spending binges that takes you 10 years to climb out of. It just makes me feel, I'm just going to go shop. I'm just depressed, I'm going shopping. It's, it's fueled. Are you following me? It's fueled. And filial love is fueled by reciprocity. And reciprocity means when I give, you give it back to me. That's the way this works now. Amen. So really, when you stay in filial love and say, I love you, you should always finish that sentence. Oh, I don't know if y'all ready for this this morning. I love you as long as you keep loving me. Somebody shout filio. I love you as long as you don't treat me wrong. I love you as long as you don't hurt me. I love you as long as you don't ever lie to me. I love you as long as you don't deceive me. And let me tell you what, filio love can be very powerful. It can be powerful. I've seen filial love hold marriages together longer than I thought they could stay together. But ultimately, if it's not corrected, filial love can be measured. And filial love can only be measured by how much you're willing to give back to me what I'm giving you. Mm. Y'all all right? Filial love. And as a result, churches can split. Why? Because this love is still based on feelings and emotions. Amen? It's still based on feelings and emotions. You ever walked into church and somebody you ain't ever had a problem with? Amen. Just for whatever reason, one day you kind of think, she was different. I've had this happen to me a lot. Not me feeling different, but people start feeling different about me. And when it all blows up, they come to me and say, well, Pastor, you just changed. And I don't know what mood. You... I said, are you serious? When in reality, it wasn't about the other person. You just started feeling different. Oh, y'all got to get this. You just started feeling different. Amen. And, 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 and last week, when you wasn't feeling this way, you didn't notice that look they gave you. That's just them. We're friends, though. God, I'm teaching better than you shouting this morning. Amen. But now, all of a sudden, the wind has changed direction, and you're feeling different. So you just say, oh my God, what's wrong with her today? Amen. I got to get on Facebook and see what's happening. Oh, I see. I see her cat died. I just had to throw that one in there. 
Oh my God, this is so real because we're headed somewhere, amen. So it's a bunch of feelers in here this morning and it's the greatest avenue of the enemy to bust this thing wide open. Because my love to you is not based upon this next level of love. It's based on reciprocity. And I'm only loving you really because you're loving me. Amen. Even if you have to put a face on it. That's why, amen, you can't really get real with people in filial love. Because I have a persona of you and I need you to hold it up. And that's the person I like. I may not like who you really are. I may not can love who you really are so you don't really tell me how you're really feeling I don't really want to know all of that even though I'm saying I'm your best friend we're girlfriends hey man are you listening to me oh somebody get this teaching when in reality that ain't what you want not when you're in filial love I want you reciprocating how I feel I'm not in a position to stand while you're feeling bad I'm not in a position to stand while you're going through hell and still love you with a love that's asking for nothing in return. My God, is anybody hearing me? This is why marriages fail because they're married on filio. They're, they're founded on emotions and feelings. So we got to walk on eggshells. Don't burp too loud around me. You sure better not do the other. My God, this is too real. You hear me? I'll quit loving you in a minute. Amen. No, you wouldn't say that, but it's a fact. And our lives are proving it. Amen. And the world is watching a bunch of Christians who say, is it hot in here? Is it just me? We're just watching a bunch of Christians. Uh, The back unit just needs to be turned off. The back unit. We're we're walking around calling ourselves Christians. Amen. When really we walk through the doors of our churches and everybody's walking on eggshells. Amen. And you can't afford to come to this house in a bad mood. You can't afford to come to this house carrying burdens. Amen. So what you better do is you better put a mask on. You better put your filio mask on. Oh, God, help me. I'm after that devil this morning. You better put a mask on, and you better act like you love me, whether you love me or not. And you better not act down. Amen. When in reality, his house ought to be a house where the unlovable ought to be able to come in. The downcast ought to be able to come in. The undeserving ought to be able to come into this house. And there is a love that cannot be measured because it never runs out. It, de- it reaches to the deepest, darkest heart and picks them up out of hell. You can't measure the length because it is from everlasting to everlasting. You'll run out of earth to run on before you run out of the love of God. My God, you need to think twice. From now on, when someone asks you, will it tell you to love me? Just say, oh, excuse me, do you love me with Eros love? Filio love? There is a healthy eros love that God put in marriage. He said, I'm not going to teach on this morning. He put it there. And the only way filio and eros can be healthy is when agape love is in place. God said, you want, my, you want me to make myself famous in your church? You're going to have to love like I love. You're going to have to graduate from your filio reciprocal love. Because everybody don't think like you. Everybody don't eat with their right hand and scratch with their left. 
Amen? Everybody don't listen to the same music. Everybody ain't the same color. Everybody don't have the same culture. Everybody don't worship the same. Amen? And if you got filial love, I just can't pull from that brother. I just can't pull from that father. So in other words, what you're saying is your love is not sacrificial at all. It's really based on your performance. So we, you know, Boshah, so when we come to church, we are theatrical performers. I can't come in here and let you know I blew it this week. Oh my God, this is too rich. I, I can't come in here and let you know that I slipped off into a, uh, uh, a website that I shouldn't have been on and it got a hold of me and it pulled me down. Amen. Because I have a persona. I have a person that I have to hold up for you to like me. What if we broke this wall down and you could come, Josh could run through these doors. Kobe could run through these doors. Elders could run through these doors. Influential men like Fluky, Nathan could run through these doors and say, help me, family. Help me, family. I blew it this week. I messed up terror. Is anybody in this building? Amen. And agape love would say, there's no measurement on your failure. I'm not measuring your failure. I'm measuring. Oh, God. Oh, God. But no, we've created these theatrical theaters we call Churches. Amen. And we're all performing because we know how this thing works. We know how this thing works. You don't really love me. You're selfish. <laughs> at best. You're selfish at best. You're not really mad because I blew it, you're mad because you're not performing in a way that helps me. So how can I help you? If I'm always the victim and I'm always the needy. Just said, when Jesus comes, he's going to walk by you and you're hmm. He ain't buff. He ain't beautiful. He ain't nothing to be appealed to. So you're just going to have to receive him by faith. There's some of you that's easier to like than to look at. <laughs> Thank you, Russ. There ain't a man I love more than this man. This man loves me so much that my life was threatened one time and my family, we go way back. He got, he got, a, a, he spent the night <laughs> at the end of my driveway to protect my family, this man. But he ain't much to look at. <laughs> Are you listening to me? And whether you want to realize it or not, sometimes we let things like this determine how deep our love goes for people. Amen. And oh, you ain't going to receive this, but how much time we give them and attention. How much time do you give the simple-minded? How much uh, attention do you give those uh, who don't think like they ought to think? And their mind may be 10 years old and their body is 26 years old. Is anybody in this building this morning? And we want to call it love. God help me this morning. Preach this message amen and some of you get mad when you don't get the proper attention from the pastor 
You want to know why? You're selfish. It's about me. I feel better about myself when he acknowledges me. I don't think y'all ready for this this morning. Amen? You're not really mad at that brother and sister. You're mad because they didn't supply what you needed to feel good about yourself. It's a horrible place to live. It's a place of bondage. And you're in performance all the time. And if I can just perform good enough. My God, I'm after a devil in life, church, this morning. Amen. Let me tell you what. I know I am the next thing to perfect. You do not have to laugh that loud. I mean, I'm put together well. I got a swag when I walk. Freddie's over there. Kill it, son. Kill it. And I love you dearly. But let me tell you what. I am a human being that puts on one. I put my bridges on one leg at a time. And I promise you, if you hang around me long enough, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to say something you don't like. I'm going to do something you don't understand. Is anybody in this building? Amen. Are you listening to me? And then and only then is filio going to be manifested or is agape going to be manifested? And that's why we're swapping members like underwear in our churches. Somebody ought to help me preach this morning. Amen. Because all it is is a theatrical performance and everybody has to perform and I have to be the center of orbit. Oh my God. I'm hung up. I've got to move on. But then there's an agape love. This is the love your Bible writes about. This is the love that Jesus was talking about when he said, love your enemies. And when they slap you, turn the other cheek. This love, it cannot be understood. It's not logical. It's a God kind of love. And it proceeds, listen, I done told you that Eros and Philio, it has a source. And the source is reciprocity. It's Sort. In other words, it cannot continue to exist without reciprocity. That is scary to know that I live by love that only lives if you behave. That's scary. That's why we walk on eggshells. I want you to love me. Insecure preachers are preaching a false gospel because we need we need to be accepted. We need to be loved. So we've become performers that perform before our congregations so that you can go out and perform the same way. And we have become weak, and God said, I'll not make myself famous in that church. Because it's built on performance. It's not built on agape. Agape is... A God kind of love, catch this if you're taking notes, it proceeds from a moral principle. It proceeds, this love proceeds from a moral principle rather than attraction or charm. In other words, this love has nothing to do with chemistry. Now this is the part you're going to have a hard time receiving. 
This love loves the undeserving. This love loves despite disappointment and rejection. It just keeps on loving. It just keeps on loving. It just keeps on loving. This kind of love, write it down, it's self-sacrificing. It, this love will surrender its will and emotions. Matter of fact, the agape love chooses to love in spite of its will and emotions. Catch this. This love needs nothing to exist. Isn't that good? Filio has to have reciprocity. Eros has to have reciprocity. And Eros, if you quit meeting my need, I don't need you no more. Not agape love. It needs nothing to exist. Catch this. Write this down. Its source is itself. I'm going to take that a little deeper. Its source is itself. Because its source is God and God is love. Did y'all catch that? So agape love is self-existent because it's God. And, and believe it or not, catch this. The Bible says, he that loveth is born of God. I'm going to say that again. This is how I can tell you were really born again. There was a seed of this kind of love put down in you. There was a seed of this kind of love put down in you. Here's the problem. Everything, and I'm going to try not to be long, but everything that comes in the kingdom comes in seed form. You can't produce it, but you have to cultivate it. How, how do I love like this? How do I truly love my enemies? How do I pray for those who despitefully use me? How do I turn the other cheek? How do I bless those who are persecuting me? Amen. You cannot do that in the natural. So God, the Holy Spirit, uh, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So he put the seed in there, but you have to cultivate the seed until it comes to maturity. Okay, how? How do I cultivate agape love? Well, there's only one source. How do I say this? There's only one source of expression that love has, and that's through sacrifice. This love, the reason it's hard for us to get a hold to is because it has nothing to do with feelings and emotions and performance. This is agape love. This is the love of God. So how do I, if that's in me, how do I cultivate it? How do I bring it to perfection? He said, in you, the love of God is perfected or made complete. How do I perfect it? You step out past your feelings. You start stepping outside your emotions and you extend the same love that God extended to you. Oh my God, this is for the mature only. This here is just rated PG. Are you listening to me? You don't wait God didn't wait. He come after you. He didn't wait, Jennifer, till you quit your doping. 
till, he, till you quit selling yourself. He didn't wait till you cleaned yourself up a little bit and say, now I think you might qualify to be my daughter. No, his love just kept coming. And it just kept coming. And it just kept coming. The reason we can't step into this arena, we won't just keep coming. We just won't keep coming. We won't just keep coming. I know you hate it on me, but I'm going to love you. Not because I feel like loving you. Not because my emotions are say loving you. But here is my point of reference. Jesus said, love them like I loved you. So my my only point of reference for this level of love is to look all the way back to a cross where Jesus demonstrated his love for me while I was a heathen. Is anybody in this building? So I'll never experience agape love until I start cultivating by obedience and sowing without any expectation. You ain't got to love me back. You ain't got to thank me for that 20. You ain't... Because I'm going to get a reward, all right. But my reward is not coming from man. It's going to come from God. Amen. In other words, oh God, help me, Holy Spirit. Agape love commits to what is not committed to it. Oh God, how can I teach that? Love. So you're telling me love can be separate from feelings? I thought that was false. Love is not even manifested till there's an option. And I have, if I have the option not to love you, and I choose to love you, he said, you've just acted like your father. But we won't commit to anything. Can I tell you something? This thing is so powerful that if you'll commit to loving the unlovable, you'll begin to love the unlovable with feelings. Some of you don't love nothing because you're not committed to nothing. Amen. I have found I care nothing about honey. But sometimes Jimbo or somebody will pull me into it. Somebody who loves it. And when I commit to it, I start loving it. Man, I start, I get into it. Two years ago, my wife went and bought me a big expensive gun. Why? Because I committed to it. And when I gave myself to it, it stirred up the feelings that I didn't have until after the commitment. Is anybody following me? I'm the same way with fishing. I don't like it. I don't care about it. Amen. But if one of my brothers is doing it and I want to hang out with them, if I ever commit to it, I, be, I done bought me, I bought several boats. Some of you never, and that's why some of us are about ministry. I don't care about doing nothing because you ain't committed to nothing. Sometimes you got to commit to a ministry and then later you fall in love with what you committed to. I'm not preaching something foreign because I'm going to say something that some of you may argue with me about. Amen. But I'm going to stand my ground. None of you got saved because you love Jesus. You committed your life to Jesus because you didn't want to go hell. Amen. You may have committed your life to Christ for a lot of reasons, but you didn't commit to Him because you loved Him because you cannot love who you don't know. But when you commit to something, the feelings start following it and you learn to love. You learn to love. So if you want to get a passion about something, commit yourself to it. I ain't got to feel led. I see a need, I'm going to commit to it. 
Amen. I didn't come to Columbia because I loved it. I fought my daughter. She cried. I'm switching schools. She's throwing a fit. And everybody knows my youngest daughter's the boss of my house. Amen. I didn't come here because I loved you. I didn't come here because I loved Columbia. Amen. But when I committed to it, I knew they'd bury me in Columbia. And now I love Columbia. Are y'all following me? Love is a commitment that you make even when my will is saying they don't deserve it. I don't want it. I don't. Oh my God. Is this clear? Is this clear? This is agape love, amen? And when we make this commitment, amen, it don't matter, amen. So, so I got I to gotta separate feelings and emotions from agape love because it has nothing to do with it. That's why we're so feely and emotional about the kingdom of God. We can't have faith if we're not feeling it. We can't have faith if the appearance is bad. We can't have, because everything's built on emotions. And God said, love, my love has no conditions whatsoever. It exists by itself. It'll stand and die all by itself for everybody else, even if they never recognize it or honor it. Oh, baptize us in love. I got one for you. The Bible says love covers a multitude of you know what that literally says? Love covers a multitudes of injuries and offenses. Amen. So in other words, don't be worried if you hurt me. I got you covered. My God. Don't be worried if you offend me. I got you covered. Amen. Is anybody listening to me? But we're walking on eggshells. And every time somebody gets offended, they're off and running and they're gone and they'll quit the family. Amen. He said, not agape love, it'll cover it. It'll cover it. I used to think that meant hide something. No, it means I got it covered. Don't hold this to their charge. That's like me and you being in the same restaurant. Amen. Me and Jennifer in the same grocery store the other day. Amen. And she's in front of me digging through pennies. No, she had some green. Amen. And uh, she, she had a debt to pay. She got the stuff. She, it was hers. Is anybody listening to me? Amen. And that lady was expecting her to pay for that before she left out like she used to do. <laughs> Amen. But I'm studying on agape love, so I'm caught in a dilemma. Are you going to pay for that or not? Amen. So I just told the lady, don't worry about it. I got it covered. So all that stuff you gathered, you did it. Amen. Don't worry about it. I got it covered. He said, agape love will say that to every offense, every injury, every insult. Don't worry about it. I got you covered. Oh, let that be the new motto of life church. Don't worry about it, sister. I got it covered. Don't worry about it, brother. You was going through a bad place. I got it covered. Ain't you glad that that's what Jesus said when he walked up to an old rugged cross? He lifted up his hands and said, don't worry about it, Nikki. I got you covered. Don't worry about it, Plunkett. I got you covered. My God, now, 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 do you understand why Jesus said this love right here? I got to quit. I got can y'all read my notes from out there? <laughs> that Jesus said, I'll build my church 
and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. You want to know why? Because love conquers all. I didn't even get to 1 Corinthians 13. It conquers everything. It has no prejudices. It has no preferences. I can't get all them words out, but are you following me? Amen. Not this love. It's the agape love. It can't be racist because it has no prejudices. It's the love of God. It reaches beyond my culture of what my father's done and my father's father's done. This love is everlasting. It started on an old rugged cross and it's still flowing today. Is anybody in this building this morning? It's called the agape love of God. So what can the devil do? when you love so much what's he going to do tempt you with your life huh you kidding me take it boy that's stretching way out there let's let's just talk about your reputation what if somebody's trying to destroy your reputation got something in my eye He confessed it or I wouldn't use it. He hated me so bad. And I loved him so much. And it didn't make sense because he's not nothing to look at. But I felt the love wanting to reach out to you and pull you out of a dark place. I opened this pulpit up knowing he hated me. Is anybody listening to me? You realize I exposed all of you to danger because I, God was loving a man and said, I want you to show him love even when he's using Facebook against you and this against you. Are you listening to me? Amen. Love has no, you can't measure it. It'll go beyond. My love can get bigger than your hatred. My love can get bigger than your ugly. Your, your love can't, your hatred can't get too big to eclipse my love so that you could experience what the love of God is. Any smart pastor say, I ain't letting that dude in my pulpit. Love conquers all. Love will lay down your will. That's why you argue because you will not surrender your will. That's why you got to have the last word. You will not surrender your will. Most of you marriages don't know nothing about what negotiation is about. True negotiation is surrendering your will. But now look at this man sitting here in this church on our pews preaching out of our pulpit. Amen. The love of God that can only be expressed and uh, uh, demonstrated through sacrifice. Through sacrifice. So Jesus said, when I build my church, you can't do anything with this kind of church. What's he going to do? Send a gossiping spirit? Huh? What's he going to do? He can't get us no more of the gossiping spirit. Why? Because I love you with the love of God. And when I love you with the love of God, it loves you when you're gossiping. It loves you when you messed up. So, so agape love don't get on Facebook or on a phone or in some corner eating and chewing up some brother and sister. Amen. So when you get this kind of love in the church, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. 
Oh, 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 hear me. Are you saying that church will never have problems? No, but love will turn that problem around and it'll bring us closer to one another. It's agape. It's agape. He said the gates of hell won't prevail against this church. And when I see this love manifested, I'll move into that church. And when I move in, I get famous quick. I get so famous, you'll have to knock them walls out. You'll have to go to two or three services a day when I'm made famous. I need to quit here. We'll carry it on. But Paul said, I'm constrained by the love of God. And that word constrained is the same word for a straitjacket. They put straitjackets on crazy people. Because they have to confine them because they can't control their actions. I'm so full of the love of God, I cannot control myself. That I love you when I shouldn't be loving you. And I'm reaching out to you when Philio says you shouldn't be reaching out to him. And Paul said, what holds me steady, amen, in my commitment to God is agape love in me. Am I helping anybody in this place? I need to quit, but I want to summarize with this. He said, my house will be a house of sacrifice. Agape love never gets a chance to manifest until you're standing with an option. In other words, Colby, when I'm having to get up and make myself come over here and pray. Some stuff me and you talk about. When I have to get up past my feelings because I am committed And I've counseled hundreds of people that always come to me and say, I feel so guilty. I feel so defeated when I'm having to make myself. Do you realize that's the only time agape love is manifested? It's the only time. Because the other times, it's not your will, it's the will of God. Just, you know, when you can't pray enough and you're just excited about coming to church. Ain't no agape in that. That's just all God. So sometimes God will remove that to try to deliver you of your feelings and to get you to learn to control your emotions. Oh, my God. Control your emotions because we are so emotional. When nothing in Christendom has to do with feelings or emotions. Now, will they provoke it? I think Kobe did an awesome job when he preached on emotions should be tools. They make great tools, but they are terrible taskmasters. You better write that down. They are great tools. Now, I want to close out with this state, statement. The seed of agape love's done put in you because you can't promote this kind of love. You can't produce this kind of love. That's why love is a fruit of the spirit. It's not fruit of the flesh. It's the fruit of the spirit. But the love we're calling love is not a fruit of the spirit. It's filial. <clears throat> Are you following me? And that's as deep as we go. But the love that Galatians 5 is talking about is agape love 
And it's a product of the Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Fruit is the maturation of seed. So God said, I put this in you, but you've never been taught how to cultivate it. So now today I'm teaching you how to cultivate it. You disregard all feeling and emotion. And based on how Christ loved you, you love. Now, here's, here's the kicker. Love cannot and does not exist outside of expression. Love does not and cannot exist outside of expression. Meaning, you can say I love them all day long. But love does not even exist until you step out there and say, let me buy them groceries. Let me pay for those clothes. Let me, are you following me? Let me find a way to love you when you're hating on me. Let me follow, pursue you instead of you having to pursue me. Yeah, I'll talk to them when they talk to me again. Now, we could teach a sister to this on forgiveness. Forgiveness is the same thing. Yeah, I'll forgive if you'll ask me. Change your ways. Forgiveness is agape forgiveness. I know I need to quit, but I just can't. So my challenge is to you, if you want to cultivate, and this came out last night in our Saturday night uh, house church we've just been experimenting with. The next one's at my house if you want to come next Saturday night, 6.30. We're just going to be having a house church. But it came out last night that we're believing in God to baptize us in love. And through people talking, we came to the realization, this is what the baptism of agape love looks like. You step out and start acting. You start demonstrating with love beyond your feelings and your emotions. And his love starts, is brought to perfection. And it's made complete. And then people, they won't even understand it. It'll break the hardest heart. It'll change the heart and mind. And I, I don't have the scripture written down, but I need to close out with this scripture. And Jesus told his disciples, and by this shall all men know that you belong to me by your love for one another. The only way anybody can see love is if you act upon it. Not to the people who are around you. Not to the people who love you. Not to the people who are doing for you. But he said, this is how they'll know that you're a part of my family is when you're loving those that are the hardest to love. And you're reaching out to the undeserving. They'll say, them people's acting like Jesus. Stand with me all over this building. i got to quit. Now, we need to get on out of here. We have a service tonight. Come on, I'll be preaching. And as always, I promise you, you will be ministered to by the Holy Spirit. But there's no way that I can preach a sermon like this without a prayer over you. So instead of asking you to come to the front, Amen. I just want us to pray together that God would enable us because we have come to an area uh, or an era of life that God trusts us with this sermon today. I may not have 100% of you, but there's a high percentage here that says, I want to start cultivating. I want to start cultivating that agape love in me, and I can only do it with commitment. Can I help somebody? You need to quit fooling yourself that you love the Lord and commit yourself to Him. 
You need to quit lying to yourself that you love people and commit yourself to people. I hear people all the time, oh, I love the Lord. But there is no personal commitment whatsoever. It's an eros love. I only love him to get from him what I need from him. God wants to pull you into commitment. I want to help some of you new converts and some of you that's been saved for years. Quit beating yourself up because you're having to make a decision to do the right thing sometimes, a decision to, to pray, a decision to fast, a decision to be faithful to this local body. Amen. Love is not manifested until there's an option. I just encourage you, quit opting out. Quit opting out. Stay committed, and God will give you passion back. You know when you start losing passion? When you lose your commitment. Yeah, commitment will go first. Commitment will go first. You lose your commitment, you're going to lose your passion. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.